Welcome to the Behind the Vision podcast. In this episode with the podcast legend, Devin Winter, we recap Movement Culture 003, experiencing the first VCon in Minneapolis, and what's upcoming for Movement Culture. Hope you enjoy the show. Kind of recapping Movement Culture 003, Devin, how did you feel that it went? Um, I would say it was definitely the smoothest event we've had. Um, we did a lot of preparation for this one, even though we had the least time to prepare because we just had a, an event like one month before. Um, but every single one is getting more planned out, smoother. We're learning a lot at every single one. Um, so I just feel like it went very smooth. And when it goes smoother, the experience is better for the people that are there which is obviously the most important part, right? And what I really enjoyed about this recent one was, um, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit smaller of an event, but the conversations that were being had were just really good conversations. Um, like I, I had a chance, which I don't always have the chance to at these events to just walk around and like have real conversations with people. Usually I'm just kind of running around. and I know you guys are doing the same. But I feel like I had a little more time at this one to talk with people. And, um, yeah, it just seemed that everyone was having an extremely good time. So, yeah. And uh, it just felt more intimate with people. Like we were kind of closed down because we had like that sticky note wall kind of set up. And then something we chatted about afterwards was just like there was a nice flow to things. Putting people in like different kind of environments. Like at the beginning, we were kind of on like at the beginning part by the sticky wall. Then we moved into like their big area, kind of event area for the movement munch. And then afterwards we moved into like their back area by their uh, outside door. And that was where we ended up eating some of the restaurant food. Yeah, it was perfect. Like happy hour, some value, some food, like perfect night, right? Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, I mean, this This is the thing, the movement launch went extremely well with the restaurant owners as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of really amazing restaurant owners here in Minneapolis. So just to get to meet a lot of those throughout this process and then land on three restaurant owners that we got to work with on this was really cool. Um, and I was talking with a lot of people that really enjoyed that experience of movement Munch simply because restaurant owners have a very hectic life and it's very hard to start a restaurant and I've been heard from a few people that don't necessarily have an interest in starting a restaurant or anything in the food industry that still took a lot away from what they learned from the restaurant owners even simple things like what's your daily schedule look like what do you do when you wake up in the morning what's it what what does it take to be a good leader in the restaurant space they you have to you have to be like a next level leader because you're managing so many different people and you're managing so many different things at once. So um, I feel like they all had really good answers to those various different questions that people can take and implement into any business, not just the restaurant space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good that some of the questions that like we asked those people up on like the panel, like they were pretty general too. So we weren't like just going 100% in on just like restaurant talk. Like it was definitely a little bit on the restaurant side but also just like entrepreneurship, leadership, managing people. So I think it kept it kind of like open and broad for people just to keep them interested. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, probably only a fraction, very small percentage of the people in there actually have an interest in starting a restaurant. But I was listening the whole time and got tons of value from it. And um, even just hearing the wisdom from the different restaurant owners and what they've experienced along this journey, especially just over the past two years, like having their restaurants shut down, what they did to be able to push through that and what they the ment- the mentality they have in order to continue pushing, especially like Alex's story is really wild, just how he started probably about the worst time. And I know he's been on here and stuff, so you guys probably know his story, but he started a restaurant in probably the worst time in history. And to this day is thriving. His restaurant is continuing to grow and expand and um, sales are killing it and he's killing it and he's learning a lot and he's growing as a person as well. So it's just really cool to share that story with, movement culture so and alex kicked off his uh his like presentation intro with comedy yeah (laughs) he like tried doing comedy to the audience and i feel like devin and i were the only people like actually laughing because we knew alex does like comedy stand-up no people are laughing people are laughing okay okay (laughs) i would like a few laughs i mean i'm behind it so i don't really like see everyone but it's funny yeah that was great i mean I don't know if he was trying to kick it off with comedy or if he just that's when it, whenever he's on stage is when he's doing stand up comedy. So I feel like he probably wanted to like put his own twist on it and stuff. And yeah, I thought he he was, you know, he was the first one on stage. So it was perfect because he kind of loosened everyone up and um, wasn't too serious right off the bat. It's kind of a fun. It was a fun time. So, yeah, that was something I don't maybe. Well, I guess we do ask them if they're willing to come and like speak. But we didn't run into like any issues really with speakers like not knowing how to speak in front of a lot of people. Which no. was good. And I feel like these individuals have done many different challenging things within their life, right? Like they started restaurants, many restaurants, many like uh, two of the guys up there had started many different restaurants and it's a very challenging thing to do. So like to go up and speak and front of a group of people i mean that's they can't that cannot be more challenging than what they've already accomplished in life so that's not to say you can't have a fear of public speaking this and that but they've probably gathered all of their restaurant employees and team and spoken in front of them before so yeah they were all very well spoken and yeah just a lot of wisdom brought to the table yeah what was your favorite thing about the last event and your least favorite thing hmm So I would say my favorite thing was that flow of things and how we kind of had multiple different experiences throughout the event. It's a three-hour event, and you don't want it just to be a happy hour the entire time. We want it to be like happy hour where you do get to do some of that networking, and then you go into the back room where we have a stage, and you can get some value and you can learn some things. You make me bleep out networking. (laughs) I might, yeah, networking. You know, that's how I... Yeah, we don't, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Um, then you go back by the stage, you get some value to learn some stuff. Then afterwards, it gets to be way more chill. We have some snacks, and that's where, you know, the event kind of gets wrapped up from there. So the flow is probably my favorite. My least favorite part, hmm, I don't, I don't have a least favorite part. I mean, it's just hard because... You know, people want to talk. People come to hang out and stuff. So um, 
when you put everyone in a room and you give the stage to a few different individuals that are going to be bringing value to the audience there, um, you just want to be respectful of their, of what they're doing for the community. And I mean, we don't ask for much. We ask for 20 to 25 minutes tops of people's time to just um, listen to the stories that they have and try to learn something. And trust me, you're not going to learn anything or take anything away from uh, the actual presentation if you're talking to the person next to you the whole time. So yeah, I just think in order for you to get the most out of that, out of that 20 minutes, you just have to, um, you just have to really take in what they're like. They're giving a lot of value uh, when they're, when they're talking about their journey and yeah, you have all the time before and after to do all the talking you want with people. So I think on our end though, like I'll go ahead and take responsibility for, and we can take responsibility for that in the sense of things need to move quick. We need to figure out how can we hold people's intention better and maybe we need to bring in more seats to have people sitting down to take a little more serious. So I'm not, you know, calling anyone out or anything like that. I'm just more looking at that of the sense of how can we improve the event and even just adding seats, people will take more serious and actually sit down and listen type of thing versus let's gather on the stage, stand next to your friend group and expect you all not to talk to each other. Like, that's on us, so. I think we're going to have someone, like, kind of scary in, like, the background of the next events, just kind of, like, monitoring. And mm-hmm. if anyone's kind of, like, chit-chatting when someone's speaking, go up there and maybe intimidate them or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, like, you know, I don't know, like, shoot them with a Nerf gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that... Or, like, a paintball gun. Yeah, we'd have to get a pretty quiet Nerf gun or paintball gun because those things can kind of be loud sometimes. <laughs> You know, you get black, or like Stevie Oki at VCon, he, he pies people. Yeah. So like we could just pie whoever's talking. That'd be cool. Just like just throw a banana cream pie at their face. <laughs> be from like the behind, just smash them in the head with it. Oh, dude. Or get a t-shirt gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and shoot them in the back. And then like, sorry, but here's a t-shirt. Dang, that'd be rough. Yeah. We should. Speaking of t-shirt gun, that would actually be kind of sick. I mean, you could probably just use your arm, to be honest. The gun, dude. If, we, mean, if we're renting out U.S. Bank Stadium, like, yeah, let's get a t-shirt gun. I feel like there's a cooler way to do it than just throwing it into the crowd. I mean, just, like, step back, way back into the corner and just, like, launch that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Those things go way too fast. I know, they do. They're deadly, honestly. Yeah. What was your least favorite thing i mean you kind of agreed with me on your favorite thing was the flow probably well personally the least favorite thing for me was at the beginning of the event i was the only one that was manning like the front entrance for people coming in to the event and it was fine at the beginning but like sometimes when you like do new things like that it takes a little bit to like for you to get into your flow mm-hmm. like how to best do it and this is my first time doing that so I was like, it took me a little bit to get in the flow. And then once I was in the flow, then a lot of people start coming. And I'm like, I'm the only person there. I'm like, oh, well, the, there's going to be people waiting, you know, behind. And I don't, I, I don't want their first experience to be bad for the event because they're waiting for so long to, like, me check them in. And it wasn't too big of an issue. It was just, like, for some short time at the beginning, just making sure that we have people at the front, like, table would be super helpful just to make sure that they have a good experience mainly 
Um, yeah, I would say that was probably the most just challenging thing personally for me at the event. Um, everything else went really well, though. Super smooth. Didn't have like any yeah. other issues, really. Yeah, Jake killed it. The bartender, yeah. Jake. Shout out, Jake. He's uh, one of the main bartenders at Royal Foundry, and he helps us manage like all the movement culture stuff and like booking the dates and like helping us get in for like the shoots and things like that. And um, he's been really fun to work with. And we just, yeah, honestly, shout out Royal Foundry in general for hosting us. And we're going to continue to do it there, I think, because they've just been really good to us. And um, and their drinks are really good, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I only had like a half a startup because I always lose my... When, when we're throwing the events, I always just lose the drink within first, like, two minutes of having it. I got order it and just, like, set it down somewhere. And that's it for the night. So, nice. <laughs> so if you're at the next event and you see Devin says drink down, make sure to just slam it for him. It's probably He's full. Like, the one I it. lost this time was literally had two sips out of it. And I had no clue where it was. Nice. Lost it instantly. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we're already planning the next one. We started planning the next one already, so we started planning the next two actually already. Yeah. Technically. Technically the the most recent one is the one we've planned slightly less for than the one that's gonna be even after that. Yep. Yeah. So we got some big things planned. I just have no doubt that, you know, movement culture is just gonna continue to impact Minneapolis in new ways and um yeah, I'm just really excited for what's to come. I want to, I mean, we want to like create a space where people can come and, you know, I don't know about you, Austin. Have you ever felt like, not afraid, but like you're a little timid to like tell someone your dreams? Like you might have these massive dreams, right? You might have these huge goals and these massive dreams. And, Maybe you tell someone and you almost feel like you're bragging or you feel like, you know, you, it just doesn't feel like great when you tell. You ever feel that way? Yeah, like, I feel like just sharing dreams with people, it has to be like, it has to be the right environment with like the people, the mindset you're both in. Because sometimes if we're at work and like someone's trying to like get stuff done and they're like, yeah, hey, I'm going to start talking about my dreams, like they could both be in different mindsets but i know what you mean yeah especially like maybe people that are a little more on the safer side and um maybe the older generation not to call anyone out but you know it can be like that even sometimes family like you tell them your dreams and they're like "Mm, maybe you should go a safer route and i think with movement culture what we want to do is create a space where you can tell someone the biggest dream you have in the world and you can tell them how you're going to get there and instead of them saying, hmm, that's a little risky, like maybe you should, I don't know, go to school and like, you know, get like a safer job and then do that on the side. Instead of saying that, they're going to respond back and be like, that's fucking amazing. Like, how can I help you get there? I want to be a part of your journey. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. And that's like the environment we want to create is an environment where you can come have the biggest dreams on the planet instead of them getting shot down like they usually are you're in an environment where they're getting built up and accelerated and you're going to have people by your side to help you get there Mm -hmm. yeah and those people that are going to be at the event like they're the also the people that you want to tell your dreams to 
because they're going to be willing to help you achieve them as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause they're big thinkers as well. So you're going to be able to work together to get there. These aren't small minded people. These are people that think very big. Every single person in that room is meant for greatness. I believe that. So, yeah. So we don't want to talk too much about the upcoming events, but I think the next one we're trying to do, do we have like a month? We want to do the next one? Yeah. Early August. Um, will be the next one. Okay, cool. So yeah, early August for 004. We'll give us some more time to plan uh, for that next one. The reason we did 003 on that Thursday, which was like a month before the last one, was because of VCon. Month after. Yeah, month after. And our reasoning was because VCon is happening the day after our event, there's going to be people that we're flying into Minneapolis and we were hoping to get like some of that VCon crowd to our event. Uh, later on, VCon ended up creating its own like pre VCon event, <laughs> which maybe threw a wrench in things, but I don't think we got a ton of like specifically VCon people there, probably because we just were not really tapped in like to that market at all. I mean, it was our hope because they did have like a satellite google forum that you could submit any external events to and that's something we did but we didn't really see any return from that um, i think it was definitely like worth a go because mm -hmm. that was kind of our intent um, but kind of just speaking a little bit on vcon now uh, that was probably the coolest event i've been to i haven't been to like a lot of events other than the movement culture events which the upcoming ones are going to be sick um, that was probably the most interesting event I've been to with just the different experiences and also just the access to the speakers that were there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I would say it was probably like, you know, the second coolest event the city's ever had after True. movement culture, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And honestly going in, I mean, for those of you that don't know, VCon is all NFTs. It's all web three and the future of that space. And well, I've done quite a bit of research um, in that space before going to the event. I feel like I learned a lot. I mean, my biggest takeaway was the various different ways you can utilize NFTs and Web3 within your business. Um, obviously, we know like the classic uses of like video games and um, just art, collectible art and some of the more common use cases of NFTs, but I think you can really get creative within your business and provide a lot more value to, especially like your, your super fans of your business, like the people that are huge fans of what it is you're doing and want more access to the brand and the things you offer. There's many different ways to implement Web3 and NFTs into your business, um, which in the end can have another tier of access for the people that really want to be a part of that and brings a lot more value to them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first experience Devin and I had, so like VCon is Gary Vaynerchuk's NFT event that he's hosting every year in Minneapolis and he hosted at US Bank Stadium. So Devin and I, we went there Friday, later in the day, I think Devin was there earlier than I was. 
And our first experience, I mean, my first experience to it was going into a room filled with people sitting down watching a guy in VR space designing a banana. Like, dude, that's the, that's like the definition of, for me, like an NFT Web3 event. <laughs> so <laughs> weird. a guy just designing a banana in VR Such space. Such a trip. It's funny. Um, but yeah, after that, like banana experience, um, you know, they had a few different panels of individuals kind of within the e-commerce NFT space. And that was really interesting for them to hear. Also, we got the chat with some individuals that worked at Gymshark, uh, even Ben Francis, who founded it, which was a really cool experience. Um, it's like a brand I've followed for years. So being able to meet him was awesome, especially in having him come to Minneapolis, which was crazy. But aside from that, just like you got to meet Jim Quick, who you've like listened to his podcast a ton. Um, I mean, Ben Francis walked by you. So it was really cool just the access to those individuals that were speaking. They just seemed to be walking around the event, kind of. They're also just at the event. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're speaking, but we're also here to learn more as well. Because not necessarily everyone that spoke is in the space, especially on some of the smaller stages, like Ben Francis spoke, but he's not in the space at all. They've done nothing with NFTs or Web3. Um, so people like that who are there to speak, they're also there to learn just like we are. So that's what was weird is weird, but cool and interesting is people were there to speak and be a part of the event, but they're also there to just enjoy the event and learn just like the rest of us. So it felt like you could go up to these individuals and have a conversation. It's like I can go up to Jim Quick and just have a conversation with them briefly versus if I went to a Jim Quick event where he was speaking, there'd be very little chance of that, right? Like I'd have to have some sort of access to him backstage, whatever the heck that would look like. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a long event. It went from like Friday to Sunday. We went every day. Seemed like it was never going to end. Yeah. But uh, I'm still exhausted, <laughs> by the way. Like, I don't know about you, but yeah, mm-hmm. still exhausted. That was that like we were there all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And then we had our event Thursday. So it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of events. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be going every year for sure. Because mm-hmm. I'll be here the next two years still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. You just signed like a annual contract or something with the u.s bank so he's having it like every year Mm -hmm. for a total three years what was your favorite um so i mean at the vcon they had speakers they had experiences they had booths of people reselling stuff do you have a favorite of those more specifically Mm. like what it was not really like oh i really like the speakers yeah i mean there was this one area where you can buy like old collectibles. You know, you have old baseball cards and or just sports cards, uh, old comic books, vintage clothing. There was like a Mark Zuckerberg baseball card. There was just like an old Lamborghini there. A ton of these very old collectibles. And that's something I've had zero interest in. Like never looked into, never has even crossed my mind 
and going there and like seeing all that stuff, I was like, ooh, I could actually see myself like collecting some stuff like this one day. Not like having drawers and drawers of this stuff, but like having some of my favorite pieces and then having like a man cave one day with all those pieces in there. I think it'd be pretty cool. So that was different because I've just never looked into that stuff at all. Um, and then I would say my favorite speaker was Snoop, for sure. Snoop mm-hmm. Dogg. Dude's just a total vibe. He's the most likable person on the planet. And he uh, he's just got, like, he, so much wisdom, honestly. Like, he's so he's been through so much, and he does so many different things um, that it was just cool to get to see him, like, speak and talk and he's got so many different phrases mm-hmm. it's gotta be it's, fun and make funs it seems like he only like spoken phrases like he didn't even really speak that much but no. when he spoke it was like oh let's go yeah everyone was like any he anything he would say people would just get amped like he said something about board apes because he uh owns a board ape and he's like and people just got amped but he was like he said something like, man, I bought my board ape. And these things cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for those of you that don't know. He's like, I bought my board ape. And I was like, what are you supposed to do with this thing? Everyone else just has their board apes on their profile picture just looking stupid. <laughs> so I put mine on some clothing and started selling it. <laughs> and everyone just went wild. Everyone's like, ah, yeah. Like, like anything you would say, people just go wild. It was so interesting. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a vibe too at the beginning. They just started playing some like Snoop music. I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, it was sick. Mm-hmm. What was, what do you think VCon could have done better? Because I mean, this is kind of a podcast just around events. So kind of just like reviewing things they did well and maybe what they didn't do super well that, you know, they, uh, just going to VCon was a great experience to be there for what we want to do with movement culture. And I think it gave us just a lot of ideas around like, how did they do these speakers? How did they have their kind of experiences on the outside of that? Yeah, I think, you know, I was very impressed and there's just so much to do that you didn't really get bored over a three day span, which is important. It's a three day event. Like there better be shit to do. Um, and there was like a good variety of stuff to do. Um, but I would say there was like things that, there was like things that we didn't even know about. Like that, remember we went up to that like one room on the last day and there's some random stuff up there. Mm -hmm. That's like something that we would never found unless someone had told us, which one person told us about it. They're like, yeah, there's a whole nother, there's like a ton of different stuff going on up there. We're like, oh, okay. Um, but Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would say um, a little more variety of speakers. Like, there was definitely quite a bit just, like, pitching their NFT project, which I get. These are, like, 20-minute talks. They're really quick, really short. And a lot of these people would spend 10 minutes pitching their, like... An entire time. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, okay, and you have, like, this cartoon character that does nothing at all and yeah. you're gonna like launch it and everyone in the crowd goes wild ah. and, I'm, and I'm just sitting there like tell me what it does like there's multiple of those where 
people would like announce their project and then they would like not say what it's going to do at all. Like no use to it. And then the crowd would just go wild. And I'm like, am I the only one that's like wondering what it does? <laughs> like, Not saying that was everyone there, but that was definitely like a good chunk of the people there that were pitching their projects. I was just like, I want to know what does this give me access to something? Like, do I get royalties off of something? Do I get to go to certain events based off of this? Do I get, what do I get for owning this? Cause like I get it. Some, sometimes there can just be art. There can just be like, it can just be like a cool piece of art, but there's a lot of people making cool pieces of art as NFTs. There's a lot of painters in the world. There's very few like well-known painters. I mean, I can name one, Pablo Picasso. Nice. I honestly, <laughs> there's a Van Gogh guy too. Like, so yeah. there's two painters that I know. Granted, I'm not in that space, but I feel like to, for it to really hit the masses, like the masses don't own expensive high-end paintings. The masses are going to want to see use cases to it so they can implement it into their life. And that's, if we're talking like you want this thing to be as big as the internet, like Web3, you want this thing to be as big as the internet, as big as social media, it has to hit the masses, right? It can't just it can't just be for people that can afford a $250,000 monkey that does nothing. So, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the one thing that could have been better is those talks where they're pitching, I get no value out of that unless there's a use case. Mm-hmm. What would you say? For... What was your, like... Favorite slash and favorite and least favorite part slash like improvements for you'll think they'll make into next year. I mean, my favorite, I guess my favorite experience, which is something that I've just been like thinking about is the token machine spot at VCon because so they have this unique concept where it's, it looks like one of those coin machines where you put in like 25 cents, you roll the thing, and then you get something from it. Where What this kind of experience did is they took that machine, converted it into like an NFT dispenser. And in order for you to see what NFT you get, you have to put 0.25 ETH into their token thing, and then you get an NFT off that. So it could be worth a ton. It could be worth like 100 bucks. So you're really betting on it to go over really well but this is a really unique experience that i feel like no one at the event has really seen before and i think they said it was like the first time that they've done that and the line was always super long but just like that experience of so like one the line's super long so you know people are willing to wait a long time as long as you know, the thing that you have within your experience is something that, you know, they can, they can win. It's also a bit risky kind of for them. They're playing on luck. So like that, um, that kind of experience there, I think really pulled people in, but also like they had just normal coin machines set out throughout when you were waiting to like get some free stuff if you wanted to, to like entertain people, yeah, you know, yeah. get this like silly slap thing. And I think it just showed people. how many degenerates were in the room. Cause that line was long the entire event. Yeah. Like it just proved how many degenerates were in that, in that event space, but it was a cool experience. Like mm-hmm. Ryan, 
it got a lot of people involved too. Like Ryan never owned an NFT, never even looked into the space, did it, won an NFT. And now he's like researching it and looking more into it and learning about the space. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I just like the brand of like what they've built and what they're doing with it and yeah. their ability to create an experience that was unique to others that like pulled people in because even if you didn't win anything, they were giving out free t-shirts mm-hmm. to people like anyone that went through the line, they had other free stuff throughout their experience, even if you weren't necessarily paying. Mm-hmm. So like thinking about that for events and even if you're a brand, like your ability to create a unique experience for the people that are coming will just keep them coming back for more and in greater quantities because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. It just like pulls people in. Yeah. So I would say that was one of like the cool things that I observed during that event. Um, one of the things that was just difficult was managing your way around U.S. Bank Stadium because there were so many different, you know, speakers and some of the speaking engagements was like all the way over in different rooms and you have to go down stairways and up escalators. So it was a bit all over the place. So I think, you know, finding a way to simplify that or have some type of map that people can better navigate themselves with across U.S. Bank Stadium, I think would be helpful. But overall, it was fun. It was the first one, so... It was epic. Yeah. Yeah, there's never been anything like it. So there's going to be some clunks. But mm-hmm. overall, it was the first of its kind. So <laughs> Did you know what's cool that I just thought of? Like we have we had people that we know working at Vicon. Like Oh yeah. There's a few people at the iconic booth that we know from Minneapolis there. They mm-hmm. were there at Vicon with a booth. Yeah. And then we have like I mean, I know two people and you do as well that were working on like the Vicon team kind of mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm sweet, yeah. yeah. I was very excited just how many people we knew there in general. Yeah. Because it is in our city. Like, ever, like that one day we had a whole mob, like 10 of us, mm. just hanging out, like watching speakers, this and that. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to like know very few people there because I'm like, oh, most of these people probably flew in. But no, we knew a ton of people there, which was cool. Yeah. There's so, also people from all over. Yeah. And world. everyone's down to talk. Everyone's down to like hang out and chat. Like, we met that photographer dude, mm-hmm. met that dude from South, South Africa. It's just wild. And yeah. they're all like, you know, for example, they had food trucks in there, right? If you're like on a food truck on the street, very rare that someone's just going to come up to you and just start talking. And before you know it, you have like a group of people that's all talking and hanging out. But at Vicon, that's what it is. Like you're waiting in line and before you know it, you're having, because you all have something in common. Like you can spark conversation very easily what the hell are you doing here? Like, do you, what NFTs do you own? Like everyone, everyone there has so much in common that creating relationships there is so easy, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Devin and I are definitely probably going to go to the next one, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It's going to be next year, probably around the same time. And uh, yeah, movement culture. Oh, Oh, four. Aiming for August, we'll probably do like a quick podcast maybe beforehand, just giving the rundown. If you, if you, I'll say one thing, if you share this on your story or, yeah, if you share this on your story and tag Evernorth, we'll send one of you a Movement Culture t-shirt. 
Sweet. Yeah, take take Evernorth or or behind, behind the, the vision. Behind the vision pod. Yeah, sorry. Or take one of us. Yeah, sure. And then uh, free we'll t-shirt. Free movement culture t-shirt. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Sick. Devin, right. thanks for hopping on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's go. Thank you for tuning into the podcast with Devin Winter. If you enjoyed it, please send us a DM on Instagram at Behind the Vision Pod or Ever underscore North or leave us a review as we love to receive your feedback on the show. If you want to stay up to date on new podcasts and collection drops from Ever North, check out evernorthco.com. Thanks again for listening and hope you have an amazing day.